I realized that I wasn't really doing enough to develop myself. And so one of my resolutions was to read more and specifically to read beyond that, which I would normally do. I'm so glad that I did <laughs> because it set me on a journey with Jesus that I, I'm really, really excited about. But I just wanted to tell you about one of the books that had a really big impact on me. It was a, a book by a guy called Craig Rochelle. He leads this amazing church over in the States and they really do a fantastic work in extending the kingdom of God. This book was called Dangerous Prayers. Uh, I don't really know why, <laughs> but initially I was pretty skeptical about it. Uh, maybe it was because I thought, how can my prayers get any more dangerous or bold than they already are now? Uh, needless to say, I was proved very, very wrong. Uh, Craig has done talks on this, uh, so if you uh, want to, you can listen to them, or you can uh, get the book, I really would recommend it. But I just wanted to share with you how Jesus has been uh, kind of working and transforming me uh, and our family over the course of this last year. Um, but what were these dangerous prayers? The, the three prayers were this. Uh, prayer one, God search me. Uh, that meant to know me totally, to show me my fears, to uncover my sin, to show me the way forward. Uh, secondly, it was God break me, remake me, make me more like Jesus. And thirdly, uh, God send me. Here I am, Lord. <laughs> Life is not about being browbeaten by this God, guilted into doing good works, but a recognition, look, um, I get to do this each day. <laughs> it's, it's a gift that I get to enjoy in sharing the life and love of Jesus. God, I won't refuse you or ask you to send somebody else. But God, whatever it is, whenever it is, what you want me to do, not do, give, say, send, pray, that's me. Send me. God, search me. God, send me. And God, break me. These are all dangerous prayers that have profoundly impacted me. But I just wanted to share with you about one. Uh, God, break me. What does that mean? You might remember the story of Abraham. Uh, Abraham was called on the Lord to sacrifice his one and only son. To expose the truth of Abraham's character, a man who had consistently <laughs> chosen not to trust in God. You've got the story of Mary, the prostitute. We read that uh, she met Jesus, <laughs> who had cast demons out of her in a moment had totally transformed her life. And in an act of thankfulness, we're told that she took an alabaster jar of really expensive perfume, the source of her livelihood. It's worth a year's wages, and it would signal to men that she was available, and she, she broke it, all of it, on Jesus' feet. She literally poured her life out over Jesus' feet. You've got Paul, who <laughs> says that he did not die to himself just the once, but, but daily, broken before the Lord. Jesus himself, body bruised and broken as he hung on a tree. Jesus, in his final hours, he, he took the Passover meal with his disciples and he said, this bread is my body, it's broken. This, this wine is my blood poured out. Do this in remembrance of me. But what if, just what if, Jesus was not simply asking us to remember the Passover meal? Uh, to commit ourselves to doing this regularly and remind ourselves of the great and glorious work that Jesus has done. What if it was something more? What if Jesus was calling on us to break our bodies, to pour out our blood in remembrance of him? What if Jesus is calling on his disciples, you and me, to follow his example as he was about to, to launch the day of the kingdom revolution? What if, just as Jesus we, in our, in our moments, the Garden of Gethsemane, where our soul is in turmoil, 
where we feel the pain and expectation and burden of what is to come? What if, what if we pray, Lord, if you can take this cup from me, but Lord, not my will, but yours. What if we were willing to pray that dangerous prayer, Lord, break me? For me, that was the burning impression of what that prayer meant. It's, it's there. I, I can't forget it. I can't unknow it. And let me tell you, it put the fear of God into me. It's a terrifying prayer because, because you're giving permission to God to, to walk you through pain, to expose the truth of who you are, and in that brokenness to, to remake you. In my wrestling with whether I should actually pray this prayer, it revealed many areas that I, I simply just didn't trust in God you know, the care of my family, physically, financially, and, and also the sense of my worth being built on what people thought of me. I, I feared failure, letting people down and wanting to impress an audience of many rather, rather than the audience of one. I, I, really, I really did wrestle with it, <laughs> putting the health and provision of my family before God. It was something that I, I really had to consider and pray about a lot. <laughs> I knew that I'd have to confront my character in a deep and, uh, let me tell you, a very painful way uh, to begin to alter my attitudes and my priorities. Eventually, in February, I did. <laughs> I prayed the prayer, Lord, break me. Um, and then we found this following year to be literally the, the most challenging year that, that we've, we've ever experienced. Uh, in March, my baby daughter was born, Phoebe. Uh, less than five hours later, uh, she needed to be resuscitated. Uh, she was kept in intensive care until she recovered. And we subsequently found out uh, that she had broken her arm during birth. Uh, she's all okay now. Uh, my wife, shortly after um, this, was, she was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. A month later, my grandfather was taken to hospital where we found out that he had incurable cancer. He died a very slow and painful death, um, lasting over a month. He left his wife, my nan, of 60 years on her own, uh, where we just want to do our best to look after her. September, my father was advised by doctors that he needed life-saving surgery to remove a blockage in his bowel. A month later, uh, they removed a substantial portion of it uh, successfully, but while he was in hospital, he caught COVID, uh, and he needed emergency treatment as his heart rate had increased to unsustainable levels. Uh, with care, he, he recovered. It wasn't nice at the time. In December, my daughter, the same one as before Phoebe, she was taken to hospital with suspected bronchiolitis. Uh, she had l quite a few scary episodes where her oxygen levels plummeted. Uh, tests were eventually done, uh, which found that she had a rare heart condition, which uh, needed urgently operating on. Um, our 10-month-old had open heart surgery, um, and uh, <laughs> we were told that if she didn't, she would have catastrophic failure of her heart and lungs. We told this in the morning, she was operated on that very afternoon. Fortunately, the operation was a huge success. And miraculously, after four days, she was discharged from hospital. Aside from these kind of major kind of health incidents, we found ourselves facing unexpected bills, totaling thousands of pounds. Uh, Bonnie's grandmother slipping ever faster down the slope of dementia. We saw a good friend walk away from their faith after years of helping them grow the pressures and lack of sleep and looking after a young family. I've got a little boy, two years old as well. Bonnie's father's health deteriorating and all of this in the midst of a global pandemic. I know as well that I've let people down. 
as a follower of Jesus, as a, as a husband, as a father, as a, as a leader, as a friend, as a colleague, and to cap it all off, both literally and figuratively, I've lost even more of my hair, <laughs> giving more meaning to the word balderdash. I lay this out not, not because I want sympathy or pity or to try to make excuses, but simply to lay the reality of what this year has been like for us. It's been, it's been really hard. And through it, I know God has been exposing the truth of my character. He's been using this year, this situation to, to break me, remaking me, renewing me, redeeming me through the pain of what we have faced. The simple reality is that life is hard. It should be full of joy, but to experience life to the full means that we, we walk through the dark and difficult times as well. Becoming a Christian doesn't disnify our existence, nor disentangle us from adversity. Rather, we, we have Jesus come and walk with us through the pain, in love and in grief. I remember a prayer and praise um, that we had online a few months back. Uh, Josie Foreman was on. she just lost her husband. David was battling to see Gwen healed against all odds. And in the face of their circumstance, I was watching them on Zoom just give their all to Jesus. For me, it was a really defining moment. I, I sat there with tears coming down my cheeks. Uh, I was just in wonder <laughs> uh, where I could see the same Jesus that I know just ministering hope and healing and peace and comfort to these two amazing people. It was like a, a window into a moment where a parent wraps their arms around a child that's in sorrow. It was the Jesus that I know and love, and it was a shining example of how Jesus comes and meets us in our situation, in our pain, in our suffering. Pete Schizero, the author of the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Course, he talks about how we need to confront our walls. We face in life walls that we need to walk through, walls um, very often that we want to avoid because we know just how painful it might be to break. And yet, and yet, if only we knew, if only we recognised that life's greatest breakings often lead to God's greatest blessings. Singer-songwriter John Mark McMillan in his brilliant song, The Road to Rocks and the Weeds, says this, What do I tell my daughter when she asks so many questions? And I fail to fill her heaviness with peace when I've got no answers for hurt knees or cancers, but a saviour who suffers them with me. If we reach out, there is Jesus. He's not there to, to mask over the pain, but to help us walk through it. Psalm says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He doesn't lift them out of the valley. Paul writes, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's been something that we really have learnt and held in our hearts during this time, because this year it's been really tough. It's been our hardest yet. And there will be tough times to come. I, I'm, I'm really not excited for it. I know that I might grip my teeth, I may fight and wrestle, but I know that with the greatest breakings 
come the greatest blessings. Not talking necessarily about personal blessings and prosperity. Remember, the breaking of Abraham, it released the promise of blessing to the world. The breaking of Mary saw a woman redeemed and transformed. And, and it added to the redeemed purpose and empowerment of, of not just women in the kingdom of God, but the total outsiders, the ashamed. The breaking of Paul added petrol to the fire of the gospel that spread and launched the very foundations upon which our Western society is built today. The breaking of Jesus saw a revolution begin, which has enabled you and me to partner with God in bringing about the restoration of the world to a, to a new Eden, where we live in harmony and love with each other and with God. What will the breaking of you, of me, be the catalyst for? Imagine the blessing from a community of people that were willing to be broken for the world. Imagine what God could do through us. This is not advanced Christianity. This is, this is part of the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not just for the super religious, that person that you know who reads their Bible constantly and is praying all the time. It's not just for, for the leaders, for the monks and the missionaries. It's for you and for me. When we come to Jesus, to, we say, break my body, break my sin, break me of me that I can serve you, Jesus, with all of my life. I surrender it completely to you. The, the gospel is an invitation to come and to die. It's what baptism is about. Die to yourself so that Jesus can, can live through you. <laughs> See, when, when Abraham offered Isaac, he was willing to give his whole life and his future. When the sinful woman broke open the jar, she, she poured it all, symbolizing, I'm giving you my whole life, broken and poured. When Jesus' body was, was broken, it was broken for you and it was broken for me. His blood was poured out that our sins might be forgiven. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, where we can let our lives be broken and poured out so that we can serve Jesus with all our hearts. Our mission at the community church here is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. I believe with all my heart that it represents the heart of God. But the reality is that many of us, myself included, can, can fall into this partial devotion to Jesus. We do it when it's convenient for us. And if ever we find ourselves at any point being partially devoted to Jesus, <laughs> we need to encourage ourselves to consider praying a very dangerous prayer. God, break me so that I can be fully dependent on you. Whatever it takes, God, I want to know you intimately and to serve you faithfully because I trust you, God. Do whatever it takes, break me that I could know you. Now, we're just going to do something a little bit different. Um, as I want to allow the Holy Spirit to come and to minister to us. Where, wherever it is that we are watching or listening to this, we're not going to sing or play music. Rather, we're going to do something I don't think we've, we've actually done before. We, we're going to just be still and silent before Jesus for, for five minutes. If you've got kids with you or there are too many distractions, then I don't want you to lose this moment. So just make sure you pause and make a time where you can do this later because this can change your life forever. If you're in a room with someone else, maybe, maybe you need to go and be on your own. That, that, that's okay. Do what you need to do. The screen is going to appear now, but you may be here in the, in the middle of brokenness. You may be that partially devoted follower. You, you maybe know that you want to go deeper and know God more. 
Maybe uh, you know that wall that you keep on facing, but you're just too fearful to go through. Now is the time just to hold it before God. It's time to hold our lives before him, to listen to his voice, to be silent, to be still.
whatever it is, let's just start there. Uh, when God breaks you of that, what you're going to see is on the other side of brokenness are the, are the blessings of God. Life's greatest breakings often lead to God's greatest blessings. So have the courage to start wherever you want to start and say, break me of that God, whatever it is. Break me of my pride, break me of my anger, break me of my self-sufficiency, break me of my lust, break me of my impatience. God, break me of this because I trust you are a good God. If I need breaking God, I trust you. Whatever level you want to start, start. If you want to go all in and have no qualification, break me wide open, God. I trust you, whatever it is. Keep praying that prayer. Not just today or this week, but, but let it become a rhythm of your life. Let's pray some dangerous prayers because we have an amazing God that we can always trust.